but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did we learn something from the skits last time? So far, what we have learned through discipleship, dealing with the Beatitudes, has it helped someone along the way with anyone or anything? It should have, amen? I tell you, doing these Beatitudes, it helps you to look at yourself to say, okay, God, I have to really do what the Word of God is telling me to do with the help of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, what I want to go over... We're going to continue with the Beatitudes, and I'm telling you, this series is a long series. So we want to make sure that um, we meditate on the Word, and we want to keep the Word in our hearts so we'll know how to live this Word on a daily basis. What I want to talk about tonight is coming from Matthew 5, and we're going to begin at verse 13. And let's see what God has to say concerning this. Matthew 5, verse 13. And it says, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is there thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trotted under the foot of men. Now we're going to talk about this verse and we're going to break down this verse in scripture. I want to talk about tonight dealing with discipleship is Christian influence. Christian influence. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So Jesus was speaking to them and he was saying, ye are the salt of the earth. Now, why would Jesus refer to Christians as being the salt of the earth? First of all, salt preserves, salt heals, salt gives flavor to food, and it represents a covenant. Salt preserves, salt is used for healing, It gives flavor to food, and it represents the covenant. And as far as us, Christians are to be an extension of Jesus Christ in the world, bringing healing, allowing people to know the goodness of Christ, and wanting to be a part of what we have. This is what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to be an influence to the world, and we really introduce them to Christ by our uh, conduct, by the way that we live, and this um, want this makes the world want to have what we have or want to be a part of what we have. So this is what we're going to be talking about tonight, Christians, Christian influence. And Jesus was calling them. He said that we are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor, that savor flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? So what, what Jesus was talking about, first we have to understand why Jesus used salt. See, back there, um, up under the time that Jesus was in and they were in, Jesus used certain things um, that they were familiar with. And if you're not familiar with what Jesus was saying, you could take this out of content. So I'm going to tell you why Jesus said that they were the salt of the earth. For one, when you look in Leviticus 2, chapter 13, Leviticus 2, chapter 13, This is what it says. You shall season every grain offering with salt so that the salt of the covenant of your God will not be missing from your grain offering. You shall offer salt with all your offerings. So each time that they brought an offering to God, they would season that offering with salt. 
And as they season that offering with salt, that reminds them of the covenant. You know how sometimes we may had on certain clothes or um, wore certain things when we done certain activities. And when you pull out those clothes, what come to mind? That activity or what you did when you were in those clothes, right? So that brought it back to your remembrance. So God was using salt. So each time they would bring him an offering, they had to season it with salt. And every time they would season it with salt, it would remind them of the covenant that they had with God. Now, the next scripture is Job 6, chapter 6. And Job used this um, about salt. He said, can something that has no taste be eaten without salt? Or is there any flavor in the white of an egg? So this was Job talking. He was saying, can something that has no taste to it be eaten without salt? So we know we use salt to give something a taste, right? When you go into, I don't know about you, some restaurants you go into when you're getting breakfast and they give you some grits. Oh my goodness. It's just as bland as it can be. You, the first thing you do, where the salt? You're trying to doctor that up. And then when you put the salt in there, doesn't it taste good? You're like, wow, that made a difference. So that's, that's what salt does. Salt, salt give it a seasoning. It gives, gives it a flavoring. So let's look at 2 Kings 2, 19 through 22. And I'll tell you what was going on in here. 2 Kings chapter 2, 19 through verse 22. This was when um, the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord see, but the water is, is not and the ground barren. And he said, bring me a new curse and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elijah when he spake. So the salt was used to put into that water because that, that it was a barren land. But when he put the salt in there, that salt represented covenant. And Elijah knew that that salt represented covenant of what God had promised. So when he went into that land and that land was not doing like it's supposed to be doing, when he used that salt, God um, healed those waters and because God know the covenant that he had. So we know that salt brings healing. You know, um, people use Epsom salt. Is that right? for different things isn't that healing dealing with that epsom salt so we know that salt preserves because i know on hams and stuff they put salt they hang it up to preserve the the hams or whatever so we see salt heals we see that um salt um was used as a covenant and it gives flavor so to understand what jesus was saying to bring that together he was um bringing this to the disciples remembrance about salt so he was saying you have to be the salt of the earth you have to be the ones that bring the healing you have to be the one that bring the flavor you have to be the one that um what else to preserve so he used that to let them know this is what i want you to do this is talking about christian influence it's talking about your conduct so now we understand why he used that word salt let's go in the new testament and let's look at um how salt was used in the new testament 
um, for Christian influence. And this is why he said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its flavor, so if we're acting outside of character, or we're acting outside of who we are now that we're in Christ, that means that nobody don't want to be around you. You know, you're not representing who you really are. So let's look at Colossians 4, 5 through verse 6. Colossians 4, verse 5 through verse 6. I'm going to read out the Amplified. First, I'll read out King James. In verse 5, it says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. So when he said walk in wisdom, this means this is how you should live. This is how you should conduct yourself with wisdom and interactions with outsiders, non-believers. This is how we should live. This is how we should, should conduct ourselves when it comes to non-believers. And it says redeeming the times. Redeeming the times mean make the most of each opportunity treating it as something precious. Verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. That means let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. So we as Christians, when we're communicating, when we're talking to people, our speech should be seasoned with salt. It should be graceful. It should be gracious. It should be kind. And that way we're going to know how to answer people when they're speaking to us. We're not like the world. We're supposed to be different. We are the salt of what? The earth. And when we're um, speaking to people and it's seasoned with salt, guess what? It has a flavor to it, doesn't it? And it tastes good. And that's how we're supposed to be. So he's saying, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That means the ones that are the unbelievers. We should be different um, around them. Our speech, our conduct should be totally different. And by us being different, they're going to know, okay, you're not a part of us. I know you, you're saved. Because our ways are different from their ways. The way we talk, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we behave is totally different. That's why he's saying ye are the salt of the earth. And then the next um, scripture, go with me to Ephesians 4, 29. Ephesians 4, 29. And I think everybody's familiar with this one. Let no corrupt communication, let's stop right there. Let no, that means what? Let's say it again. No com corrupt communication. Let me tell you what corrupt means. It means foul. It means worthless. It means rotten. Communication. That means your speech should not be none of these things. Oh, my goodness. Pray for us, saints. <laughs> Let no corrupt communication. That's worthless talk. That means meaningless talk. It said proceed out of your mouth. Can someone say, how in the world am I going to be able to do that? The thing that you most, you mostly accustomed to, it's going to come out your mouth eventually because it's in your heart. That's how you're going to proceed in every given situation. You make somebody mad enough. If they are cursor, they're going to curse you out. 
whatever they are is going to come out of their heart but guess what when it do come forth out of the mouth you should be ready to remind yourself forgive me should not have said that yes i did but forgive me that is not good speech and you should deal with that because evidently you got it deep deep down in my heart and it ain't the love of jesus deep 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 call it deep he said let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but i love this part but that which is good to the use of edifying wow can we get there <laughs> that it may minister grace unto the hearers i love ephesians 4 29 let me read it out the amplified well i'm gonna read it out the expanded bible don't say anything that will hurt others that's enough said isn't it don't say anything that will hurt others let any rotten unhealthy word come from your mouth y'all want to just do another altar call y'all want to just scratch out up here right now that's what that means you see how when you really get into the word and you really get deep down in that word it brings out what it means let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth that means you don't do anything to hurt others and it says let any rotten unhealthy word come from your mouth but listen at this this is what we should be doing but only say what is helpful good to make others stronger y'all let me tell you something i don't know about y'all but i remember when somebody say something to me to hurt me i got you may not get you today but tomorrow's coming because I'm putting my thinking cap on. And then it's times that you don't have to put a thinking cap on. You ready and waiting. Go ahead and say it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I got you. Say what you want to say to me. Go ahead because I got you. Because I'm going to come back with you with my best shot. What what they say? I got you, doll. I don't know what that means. But that's what everybody say. Anybody know what that means? You know what that means? I got you, doll. Or dog. Uh, the word dog what that mean is that in the dictionary that ain't in the dictionary i mean somebody look up dog in the dictionary see i'm gonna tell you what we be saying and don't reckon it's a canine so who come up with that but that's the language that we use because somebody that's not accustomed to say i got you dog what you mean calling me a dog i ain't your dog any or who okay so it says this is what we do we only say what's helpful good to make others stronger that builds others up and meet according to their needs then what you say will do good give grace be a gift to those who listen to you isn't that awesome so we're here with christian influence to build people up not to tear them down by saying ugly things about them just because they hurt you I, I believe that's why he said you turned the other cheek right because 
long as you're in the in this world somebody's gonna say something to offend you somebody's gonna say something to bother you somebody's gonna say something to set you off like a firecracker and as I was saying set you off like a firecracker y'all know how a firecracker do you don't know which direction it's gonna go in do you you just ready to run and that's how some people are with their anger when they get ready to open their mouth you know that they're truly upset so you are trying to find somewhere to get to somewhere to run so our um, communication is supposed to be good. It's supposed to be where we're building somebody up, not tearing them down, not making them feel rotten. You know, our words supposed to be actually seasoned with salt. So that's what we have to think about before we open our mouth. We need to think before we speak. We need to say, would I want somebody to say that to me? And I'll give you an example. When somebody hurts you so bad and you have that hurt so deep within and you try to um, smother that hurt, you know, I'm okay, you know, I, I dealt with it, it's okay. But you know it's not okay, right? You're trying to convince yourself that it's okay, but you really hurt, but you're trying to get over it. Um, on my job, and I mentioned this to y'all before, um, this lady that was in personnel did not care much for me. And I knew she didn't care much for me, and she knew I knew she didn't care much for me, so... I said, you know what, just like I say, some people wait to get people back or wait to embarrass them because you're so hurt, you want to hit them with your best shot. So it was a girl that was leaving, and Jennifer, I don't know you were in there that day, but she was leaving, she had got her another job, and I said, this is my chance to pounce all over her, to let her know, I know, but I was doing it in a way that wasn't right. So when she was telling us that she was leaving, I said, oh, girl, I'm so happy for you. I know you ready to get... Um, Get out of this place, because I wanted to hit her with my best shot. And she said, well, why are you still here? Y'all, I was so hurt. Because, see, that was some hurt that was in me that I wanted everybody to know that was in me, but it wasn't right. That, and guess what? I was saved. How in the world, Miss Mary, you can be saved and do somebody like that? How can you use somebody else to hit somebody else? That was just like picking that child up to say she was leaving, picking her up and whooping the other person with that child just to make me look like I was somebody. Have y'all ever done that? Oh, come on. Y'all ain't never done that. Nobody ain't never used nobody else to get a point across, right? Come on now. You know you was trying to hurt that person, so you picked Brother Willie up. Oh, picked Brother Willie up. And you tried to throw him, but you couldn't. <laughs> So this is, this is what happened in life, and this is what we do not suppose to do as Christians. And the reason why we're going over Christian conduct, because all of everybody in this room from this pulpit down have done some things or said some things that we should not have done or should not have said because all of us in here is not perfect in our soul, but we're perfect in our spirit. But when it come out of our mouth, we have to stop right then and say, uh-uh, that wasn't right. I should not have said that. Forgive me for that. We have to recognize what we're saying. And when we recognize what we're saying, we're not giving the enemy any inroad in our life to cause havoc in our lives. If you don't deal with that right then, somebody else is going to pull it out of you eventually. And the one that pull it out of you is not necessarily the one that has hurt you, but they're getting the backlash because you didn't deal with the one that hurt you. You didn't go to your brother. So this is why we as Christians are having so many issues because we haven't let go with um, let go of unforgiveness. We haven't let go of offense. 
we haven't let go of these hurts and these disappointments that we're having. So when something else come up, it adds to that. And you make a mountain, a mohi out of a mountain. Is that how you say it? Mountain out of a mohill. And you shouldn't have to do that if you would just listen to the Holy Spirit and do what the word of God tell us to do. So let me read it again. Don't say anything that will hurt others. Any rotten, unhealthy words come, come from your mouth. Don't let any rotten or unhealthy words come from your mouth. But only say what is helpful, good to make others stronger, building others up. That's what we should say. And meet according to their needs. Then what you say will do good, give grace, be a gift to those who listen to you. Remember, grace is a blessing. So we're supposed to be blessing, not tearing down. And I don't know about you, but I know when I'm saying something to get somebody back. You already know. Everybody already know what they're saying. They already know what they're going to do. Because you have to think about it. Ain't, ain't no empty-headed people in here. You know how some people say, you're so empty-headed. No, they're not. No, they're not empty-headed. They just say things differently from you. But they know what they're doing and when they're doing it. And what day they're going to do it too. Because God gave all of us what? Common sense. So here's another scripture. Let's look at Titus 2. Titus 2, verse 7 through verse 8. And I want you to listen at this scripture. It says, Titus 2, 7 through verse 8. And in all things, show yourself to be an example of good works. It says, in all things, show yourselves to be an example of good works with purity and doctoring having the strictest regard for integrity and truth, dignified, sound, and beyond reproach and instruction so that the opponent of the faith would be shamed, having nothing bad to say about us. So if this is how we carry ourselves and we're an example of good works, they can't say nothing bad about us because of what we do do. Now, some people will lie on you. <laughs> yeah, they will lie on you. But the whole thing is, when we do what the word of God tell us to do and we carry ourselves the way we supposed to carry ourselves, I'm like Jesus. Satan ain't got nothing on me because I know who I am now that I am Christ. I conducted myself by who I belong to. So no matter how people um, um, say that I was, I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. Some people is not used to that, so they're going to know that you're different. They're going to know that you're different from the one with the corrupt communication in their mouth. They're going to know that you're not um, bringing stuff out that's going to hurt somebody, but you're bringing stuff out that's going to build them up, that's going to encourage them in the things of God. Your lifestyle is totally different. Let's look at another scripture. 1 Timothy 3, verse 7. 1 Timothy 3, verse 7. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. This is talking about an elder. First Timothy 3 verse 7. An elder must also have the respect of a good reputation among people who are not in the church, outsiders. So he will not be criticized by others, fall into disgrace, be caught in a scandal, and or, and in this way, caught and snared in the devil's trap. So that means that the elders... The ones that's out teaching others, you know, even outside the church, 
their lifestyle supposed to be a lifestyle where they won't be criticized where they won't be talked about how many y'all you hear so much about um preachers and you know in the church they're one way outside the church they're another they're gambling they're scratching numbers and people be like who want to listen to you you're drinking you're smoking you out with all these women and all of this stuff so they're not a good example they're not carrying themselves the way they should carry themselves they're cursing they're raging they're acting just like they're not saved but then they come in the church and try to tell you what God got to say that's not good Christian influence. So the Bible even tell the elders, this is how you should carry yourself so you won't be criticized. So nobody won't, you know, come back and say, well, don't listen to him. Don't listen to her. That's not how they, they are outside of the church. So we should be the salt of this earth. And I'm going to read this again that he's saying in Matthew he said in Matthew 13, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor or flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? So think about this. If you have a bad attitude and every time people turn around, you offensive, you letting stuff come out of your mouth that ain't called for, you always in a bad mood, don't want nobody to say nothing to you. Who would want to come to you for advice? Who would want to be around you? Who would want to listen to you? Nobody. Because they're seeing how you're carrying yourself. It's another scripture um, that goes with Ephesians 4.29. And a matter of fact, it's over there in Ephesians 5. And this is what the breakdown is. Listen at this one in Ephesians 5.4. Neither filthiness, y'all know what filthiness is coming out your mouth, filthy talk, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. These are things that we should not be doing as Christian folks. That means that, think about it, if a person has a problem with fornication, a Christian, we're supposed to, you know, build them up, help them become stronger in an area that they're weak. But how can we sit there and talk about who we've been with, what we've done, and how we've done it? There, there's an organization that um, when someone in the organization um, sleep around with someone, they have to get before the elders in that organization, and they have to admit what they've done and tell everything that they've done in the act. What kind of mess is that? Don't you think that go with filthiness? Who want to hear all of that? If you're fornicated, you're fornicated. I don't want to hear how you done it, who you done it with, and when you done it, and where you done it. How does that benefit me? You know what I call that? Nosiness. That's what I call it. So this is the kind of stuff that we do not do. And Y'all, the Bible tell us what we're supposed to be doing. And if we don't even understand what the word is saying, you have the Holy Spirit to illuminate you, give you revelation on it. But y'all, this is so simple, though. The Bible tell you how to conduct yourself, how to carry yourself. And when you're out of character, you have the Holy Spirit to pull you back in to the place that you're supposed to be in. People know when they're saying something they shouldn't say. 
Because you, you feel that pull. You feel that talk. Oh, why didn't the world did I say that? That was not called for. That wasn't pure. That was nasty. Teresa, this downright nasty. Forgive me. That should not have been said. So that's when, you know, you already forgiven, but that's when you recognize these things. God is saying, Jesus is saying, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be to trodden under the foot of man. And this is what we look like when we don't conduct ourselves the way we need to conduct. Let me tell you what, he, what Jesus is talking about, too, with the salt. And, you know, you're walking upon that salt. Y'all know when um, it's snow or when it's sleeting and they have to throw ice on the road don't you walk on that salt where they're throwing that so you won't slip or fall that's what jesus is saying we're good for nothing the salt ain't good for nothing it ain't preserving it ain't healing it ain't giving no taste so that's how people look at you even though you saved they don't see you for who you really are see if we're gonna really truly be part of the kingdom then we're gonna have to let the holy spirit help us to be who we really are we can't do it by ourselves. this is why when you really accept jesus christ some things that you used to do you ain't gonna want to do those things no more because you have a new nature on the inside of you and even if you fall and you begin to do those things you're so hurt because you know it that wasn't right but guess what the holy spirit will do he will come and mend your broken heart bind up all your wounds and he will help you to get to that place where you need to be if you want help he don't want you to stay in that same place and to wrap all of this up let's look at the last verse ephesians 4 15 this is what we do but speaking the truth in love in all things both our speech and our lives expressing his truth let us grow up in all things into him following his example who's the head christ I'm going to read it again, Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who's the head, Christ. When we going through different things with different people, how do we speak truth? In love. You're not going to reach a person doing what they do, sounding like they sound. You're going to have to speak truth in love, and you can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. So go back over these scriptures, meditate on these scriptures, and ask the Holy Spirit, what is these scriptures saying to me? Is there any areas in my life that I'm falling short? Because y'all, think about it. Your Our mouths, some Christians have the filthiest mouths i ever seen. Hateful, Act like they way beyond other folk just come out and say it and they don't even say I'm sorry for saying what I said and say, yeah, I'm still saved. Yeah, you're still saved, but nobody don't want to hear nothing you got to say. God still love you, but we have to speak truth and love to those that are saints that's going around living this life like this. You have to warn them. You have to tell them what the Bible says. I remember Shall I believe it was several years ago, you done that teaching on jesting, joking, and all of that. You know how sometimes you get together and you joke about certain things. Do you know why you can't joke with people about certain things? Because somebody's going to get offended eventually. 
You may eventually tell somebody, oh, man, you so fat. And then they laughing at you. Then all of a sudden they became hurt and they become throw something else at you. Then somebody become offended. So you have to understand that you will get entrapped by the enemy by even joking and jesting. The Holy Spirit will stop you from saying what you're saying because the Holy Spirit will let you know, no, that person is offended by that. You shouldn't say that. The Holy Spirit will tell you. So go back over these scriptures. Allow these scriptures to to get deep down in your heart. So when you open your mouth, these scriptures will come out. Um, remind you of what we just went over how your christian influence should be upon the world ye are the salt of the earth don't allow that salt to lose its flavor amen before um we close i want to ask anybody in here that through these scriptures that i have went over is there um any example you may have that has happened in your life that spoke to you through these scriptures that can help somebody in the room tonight. Wow, nobody now. Huh? The ones I went over tonight, I gave an example in my life how, you know, I spoke rashly and knew what I was doing and didn't cut it off. Is there anybody else in this room that can use what we went over tonight to say, okay, I've done this too. Okay, come up one by one. You can just pick a mic up. The black one, Lathea. The middle one, um, Daquan. Middle black one. Yeah. Okay. Um, we good. <laughs> All right, um, I guess um. What you said uh, about relating to yourself, uh, especially like even like even the last piece you just said about joking. I know sometimes we get caught up in things when we joke around with each other, and we know we shouldn't be saying things, and but we say it anyways because all that stuff is corrupted in your heart. And then when it's corrupting your heart, you just say it anyways with not even caring, being nonchalant. And that's why it's important to stay deep into the Word because God, the Holy Spirit, will. Well, if you allow him to come in, God, the Holy Spirit will come in and cleanse that. And through the process, it will be removed if you are willing for it to be removed. Um, so I thank you for that right there. Um, just being quick to hear, slow to speak. You hear the Holy Spirit. You know you. everybody uh, go through all the time. When you know you're not supposed to be doing something, but you get that guilt right when you do it. But you heard the voice the first time. So it's like, well, God, I wish I never did it, but you heard my verse. The, you heard my voice the first time, but you still did it. So I know I've done that a lot, um, but it's a learning process, and I'm willing to get better at it. So I thank you for that. Okay, um, two things. Um, one, I know the, um, the no corrupt communication. See, that's one of the things that's real deep in me. And I'm like, Lord, and every now and then, you know how you still like, you ram your head on something? And I say, Lord, forgive me. You said let no corrupt communication. And I had to remind myself, and then I had to start replacing it with something else. So instead of using an ugly word, I'd say, glory. 
glory, stumbled her, glory. God, you said let no corrupt communication. So that's a that's a area from way that way back. So that's a stronghold me. Um, and one thing that um, this reminded me of, I had forgotten about it, but um, we were eating dinner one um, one afternoon and picked up salt shaker and it's like kept doing it and kept doing it and finally said, what in the world? Put the salt in my hand and tasted it and it had no flavor to it. And that scripture came back to me and I was like, wow, that's what the Bible's talking about because you hear it. But when you've actually experienced it, you're like, and so it's no good for anything. We had to throw, we just throw the whole container out because we knew it was no good. I thought that was pretty cool. I have two examples like Jennifer. My first example is like when I first got saved at the other church and I came home and I told my husband and my daughters that I was saved, they didn't like that. You know, they didn't understand at that time. They didn't want me to be saved. So I was really living for the Lord, trying to live my best for the Lord. I stopped listening to worldly music and all that stuff. So when my kid, my daughters would try me. Lord, no, because they knew that I was a type of person that I would eat them up and spit them out. They knew that's just the way I was. I had a very bad attitude. I know now that I did. And they would test me. And what I would do, I would say, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus. Then with my husband, I would get in the car and he would still play that worldly music. He would do it every time. It seemed like he would turn it up so loud. He was testing me. He wanted me to say something. He wanted me to use my filthy mouth like I used to do. And I would just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But by me doing that, and he saw the change in me with my attitude and stuff, and the way I would be at home, God used me to help lead him to Christ with Gloria. But today was a test for me. I had Laura Blanton, the personnel lady, she had called me to the office to go over the um, the people that worked for me. And um, she, me and her was talking. Then on the radio, I heard somebody say, Denise Bryant, Denise Bryant, do you copy Denise Bryant? Laura said, what in the world? And I said, what in the world? And then, um, is you got your radio on? And I took a deep breath. And I said, I'm in the personnel office. Yes, I have my radio on. Can I help you? Yes. This, they ain't putting enough lids on the line. You need to get up there and tell them to put these lids on the line. I said, okay. Lord said, God. Lord said, God, they talking like that. And everybody hearing that, they talking to you like that. I said, it's okay. And Laura said, mm, that ain't the Denise that I used to know, girl. You really have changed. So when I went upstairs, the guy, he was up there, and he was um, hollering at one of the employees because she had turned the lids long and got them stuck, right? So he was over there talking to um, the supervisor, and the supervisor, she was in tears, looked like she was in tears, and I said, what in the world? And I walked over there, I said, well, what's going on? What's going on? 
And he, and he said, well, she put these lids down here and I got boxes backed up and she turned them wrong and they got stuck. I said, well, okay, we'll handle it. I said, but all she got to do, she's trying her best. To, she had to stick, trying to unloose. And she said, Denise, I'm doing the best you, I can. I said, baby, that's all you can do is the best you can. I said, now, Roberto, if you give us time, we will get these lids unstuck and we'll get them down there. He looked at me and he said, well, what you're going to have to do, if you don't hurry up, you're going to have to come down there and you're going to have to um, put the lids on them by yourself. I mean, he talked so hateful to me. And I said, you know what? If I have to, I will. We got it unstuck. I went down in the, um, in the, um, the D-boom, thigh D-boom room, and I helped him put them lids on them boxes. And when I got back up front, up there in the box room to see if she was okay. I had those ladies telling me, they said, Denise, you really have changed. You are not the Denise that we used to know. Because when I went to shipping, I worked in shipping 13 years, and I was like shut off from the plant, shut off from the plant. So now people is beginning to see that I have changed. And I could have handled that in a different way, but I showed the love of God. So I feel as though that I overcame that today. Is there anyone else? Come on, Athea, and then Gloria coming after Athea. Both of them trying to get up here at the same time. What in the world going on in the sound room? Actually, Gloria was just walking back. Well, that's what she gets. <laughs> Come on, Gloria. Anyway, tonight <clears throat> was a perfect example of uh, walking in love, and I wasn't walking in love. And I apologize to Noah. <clears throat> I apologize to Mr. Hayes, too, and Gloria. When I came in, the sound wasn't right. It was making like a popping noise. <clears throat> and whenever we're having technical difficulties, I have technical difficulties. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> Because Noah was trying to tell me, it's coming from over here. It's coming from over here. You know, and I'm like, I hear it. And she said, she's just walking around. She's just trying to help. And I, and I appreciate you, cousin. I love you. And I'm like, and it was probably showing on my face. And then Gloria, she came in. And Gloria and Debbie be like, we know how you are when something's going on. We just leave you alone. We don't say anything. And so Noah, they was just trying to help me out. But I was like, look, I hear it, okay? But, you know, I apologize. And, um. And you don't have to pat on the mics when y'all come up here too. So, <laughs> so y'all just keep me in your prayers. But, but the Holy Spirit, he showed me what to do. And, and that's why I say I was, I'd be trying to hear him. And everybody else is talking to me. And it's like, look, don't say nothing to me right now, please. So I, I need to be delivered in that area. But, you know, to God be the glory. And I, w- I didn't say it in love. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I was speaking truth. But it wasn't in love. <laughs> and, I, and I apologize. You know how the Bible says don't let um, any corrupt... <laughs> communication come out of your mouth you know before I got saved I used to like use the n-word right regular you know especially when somebody teed me off I'm not as bad I'm getting better 
You know, I'm getting better. I don't use it half as much as I used to. But with this teaching, I'm like, God, you know, I can't be around here calling them people the N-word. And, you know, they're going <laughs> and they going to, um, you know, and look at me and they was, is she even saved? You know, talking like that. But that was what I wanted to say. Because sometimes people do really look at us, even when we say slang stuff as Christians, and they say, well, should Christians really even be saying stuff like that? So we shouldn't be letting, um, you know, corrupt communication come out of our mouth. Come on, Kim. We need to stay right here. (laughs) Well, this teaching tonight was me from head to toe because when Apostle said, you know, you would give him your best best shot, that was me. If you hurt me, I was going to turn around and hurt you more. And that's how I grew up. I was going to hurt you if you hurt me. And I have to say something about Denise. Because I try hurting Denise with my mouth. And she only showed love. So I didn't know the old Denise. But evidently I was trying to pull the old out. Well, the enemy was trying to pull it out by using me. And it happened a few times and she still only showed love. So I thank God for that. And I'm going to be studying, Pastor, because this teaching was for me. But isn't it good? This is not to make anybody feel bad or say I'm worse. No, you're not. God loves you in spite of you. But this show us that this is not who we really are. And it helps us to watch what we're bringing up and out. So you know when stuff get ready to bubble and then you say, I got to tell it, I'm a burst. What good did it benefit? Because once you hurt a person, you cannot fix it no more. I have learned that once you say what you say, you don't hit them, you don't hurt them, it's in the atmosphere, you can't fix it. But what you can do is say, I'm truly very sorry. That should not have happened. And allow the Holy Spirit to mend you, to comfort you. Y'all, it works every time. So I give God glory. Is there anybody else? Come on, we're going to do like we do in AA. Hey, my name is. <laughs> like they do in AA. I ain't been in AA. <laughs> it's the camera off. Well, we thank God for the teaching, and uh, we're going to continue next week on Ye Are the Light of the World. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we give God glory. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Okay. Kim, you have an announcement?